you are Locked On Hawks Postcast, part of Locked On Atlanta on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Hawks Postcast, your home for the best Hawks talk. It's local insight you can't get anywhere else but right here at Locked On. I am Tanitra Batiste and alongside me is Deshaun Tate. This is an episode that is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. The Locked On Hawks Postcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Deshaun, the Hawks were back home just for a quick stop tonight, and they were hoping to stop a three-game skid. Now, we're going to deep dive into the Hawks not being able to stop the skid because instead they got edged out 122 to 129 by the visiting Nuggets. We'll talk about it in the end one. And, of course, we'll take you through who goes next and what goes next because the Hawks are back on the road for an essential back-to-back up in Toronto at the end of this week. But first, let's get to T's and Tate's takes on what went down tonight. And, Tate, you say 11 needs to take an L for this L, too. Absolutely. Listen, I mean, during any point of any game, we can always go back and talk about the officiating. I don't like to be that person because I'm always and forever going to be the person that's going to stand on the fact that if you don't put the game in the hands of the officials and to, to be able to dictate how the game goes and you just do your part to where you shouldn't be in that position in the first place, then you'll never be in that spot. That was a little bit different than on today, but the reason I feel the way that I do about Trey should take the L is because you're not playing the Pistons tonight. You're not playing the Wizards tonight. You're not playing the, you know, the the Hornets tonight. You're playing the defending national champs. You got to be able to keep your cool and keep your head. And I know that that sounds easier said than done. It sounds easy from the sofa where we do this thing at. Um, Mm -hmm. But when you know that, It's all riding on essentially on your temperament to a degree. And I'm all about going to bat for you guys. And, you know, if if the coach, I heard Dominique Wilkins say it um, during the broadcast, if the coach is if the coach is going to go out there and get teed up or get ejected, so be it. We need you in this game. We know that you are the guy who kind of stirs that drink to a degree. So I think that Trey should do nothing more than approach the podium. Mm-hmm. With saying that this one is on me, no questions asked. Everybody knows I'm a huge advocate for Trey, but we won't make sure. any excuses because we don't do this on that program. Okay. <laughs> the reality is what it is. And I think if he kept us cool, then we could be talking about this team adding a number to the left side of the result column instead yeah. of the complete opposite. And they could be breaking a three game losing streak instead of talking mm-hmm. about going on four. Indeed, indeed. And I think one of the things there is it's kind of like the blessing and the curse because you could argue that it kind of fired up the the, the team, kind of woke them up at the end of the third quarter, and then they go on to do what they did in the fourth quarter. But that's a ticky, it's a tough one because then on the same token, you look at the box score and you say to yourself, okay, granted, they outscored the Nuggets the Hawks did in that fourth quarter. But on that same token, you're looking at the numbers and you're like, yeah, but Trey, you were having at least a decent game, you know, 19 points on five of 11 shooting and a perfect seven of seven from the free throw line. So you could also argue the fact that that productivity could have been ratcheted up even 
the more in that fourth quarter. And this could have been a different outcome. So I can certainly see where you can look at it from both angles, right? But where you, there is no question and there aren't two angles to it. There's just one angle and that's the angle where you let bogey cook. That's it. Point blank period. That was really the story of the game. Even in the loss was Bogdan Bogdanovich just absolutely lights out tonight. 40 points, a career high for him and also a career high 10 of 17 shooting. And then a franchise high of those 10 uh, three-pointers made to, of course, tie former Hawk Danilo Gallinari. But, of course, we're always looking at not just the 40 points, but how he got it. I mean, Bogey scored 40 in 36 minutes. And one of the things I had been saying was made me a little bit nervous when I would see Bogey out there going at it so early because I'm like, oh, dear. Oh, dear. Bogey's going to fade at the end when we need him the most, you know, when the Hawks need him the most. And Bogey really, really did it wire to wire pretty much in 36 minutes. And I just absolutely love it when he has that touchback, right? Because he's been saying, real talk, when you lose a Danilo Gallinari, of course, who moved on last season, but you lose that bench player who also would come in and kind of be an, an assassin in the starting lineup from time to time. You know, that's one thing. And then, of course, Kevin Herter parted ways. And you never really answer the question of where you were going to get that productivity from the perimeter from the bench. And then you get Sadiq Bay, and you're certainly seeing shades of it from him. Don't get me wrong. You're definitely seeing some things. But right now, you got him in a situation where he is in the starting lineup. So you're losing the ability to get that three-point shot from the perimeter because now he's being forced into starting minutes because of Jalen Johnson being down. So it's really just good to see that Bogdan Bogdanovich is saying, hey, I am that guy. I know what I'm here for. I'm a hired I'm a hired hand. I'm, a, I'm an assassin and I'm going to do assassin things because that's the position that I want to be in. That's the position I'm embracing. And you could literally say to yourself that despite the Hogs being down 20 points for them to be able to come back and make this a game. And even though they lost by seven, they got it down to, I think, uh, five points in the waning seconds of the game. So much of that was due to a Bogdan Bogdanovich cooking, but a lot of credit to Quinn Snyder as well for seeing He's the hot hand because a couple of games back, you and I said, wait a minute. Yeah. Did did Quinn Snyder and his staff not see the bogey, the hot hand, and you took him out? Like, no, he, you kept him in. If you had kept him in, you could have won that game. And you almost won this game tonight because, and we'll talk about it in the deep dive, the strategy was different. The guy who was cooking, you let him cook. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And listen, I mean, you know, we we, we hope that some of that fire and intensity and just, you know, we talk about, sparking the flame igniting you know under the belly of some of these players and we saw it tonight with double b um hopefully that could be passed down to deandre hunter fingers toes eyes t's everything else crossed that that's the case um and i mean listen you know we you you know i think a huge part of that was um based off of the serbian connection uh that he has with nikola Jokic and just wants to show the competitiveness Honestly, yeah, I, I keep it. talking. I keep talking about the competitiveness uh, of this team. I'm getting kind of tired now of talking about competitive, competitive, competitive. Yes, that is a positive thing. Yes, it's something you see on this team that you don't see from other teams every single night. 
consistently, persistently. Mm -hmm. But it's yeah. about time that we start winning games that are winnable games. Make yes. no mistake about it. I think it's clear Denver's a better team that was sure. expected coming in and the whole nine. Uh, but uh, I think they had a chance to take down a better team. You beat the teams you're supposed to beat. You beat yep. the teams that is equal to you and at least bare minimum be competitive, if not beat the teams as better than you. They were competitive, but they had a chance at the win. You don't get very many of these opportunities like that. They should have been taking advantage. I would agree. Beat the teams you're supposed to be. And for those teams that you have the opportunity to beat, even when they are the better team, you just got to take the opportunity to beat them. Now, we're going to talk a little bit more Hawks Nuggets in the and one. But first, let's talk about prize picks. So Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. Why is that a big deal? Because it's the one platform that allows you to be able to just go against the numbers instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks who do this on a daily basis, who do this for a living. You pick more than or less than on two to six player staff projections and watch the winnings roll in. Another thing that I think is pretty cool about prize picks is what they call their reboot policy because your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured so whether it's an nfl game a college football game an nba game if you have a player who exits the game in the first half does not return in the second that player is rebooted and prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with what they call injury insurance how cool is that and it also offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like taco tuesday each tuesday prize picks discounts select player projections up to 25 percent to provide even more value so how can you get in on the winnings and on the fun Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit matchup up to $100. I'll give it to you again in case you missed it. Prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. That code is L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A in all lower caps for a first deposit match up to $100 because PrizePix is your daily fantasy sports made easy. So Deshaun, now we got to dig a little bit deeper into what we saw tonight, what happened or didn't happen tonight. And you kind of alluded to it. And it's kind of like the same, like flip side of the same coin. Trey got ejected late yeah. in the third quarter for arguing a no call. Agreed? That's the starting point. And Agreed. Then the Hawks went on to outscore the Nuggets 36 to 26 in the final period to almost pull off the comeback. Agreed. But here's where you could kind of hear the dichotomy. And I love that you brought up part of what the dichotomy is, because on the one hand, Trey, you could have really done something because of the efficient night that you were having. Maybe if you were still there in that fourth quarter. So that's one way to see it. But sometimes there's a little fire that gets put under this team when things happen, like when Trey gets ejected or when. Quinn Snyder gets another technical. And yes, I said another because we're starting to see this more consistently. But did you see kind of a fire in the team that you wish you would have seen a little bit earlier in the game? You'd certainly wish you would have gotten a different outcome. But did you like the fact that you actually saw a spark? Absolutely. Without question. Because I listen, when I, I and I ask people all the time, and here's I'm, I'm glad we've been having this conversation for this exact reason on tonight. Mm 
because yeah. you see the team that is success is measured by winning championships because everybody knows that that's the pinnacle. That's something that this the opposing team recently just did. So if that is the standard of success, then where do the Hawks measure up to that? What are the keys? What are they missing? Okay, just in a very small window or sample size with tonight's game. I've always been the person that felt like what they're missing is that, mm -hmm. you know, typical Ivan Johnson, for those who can remember Ivan Johnson on this team, the guy that's no nonsense, plays bigger than what he is, very physical, outspoken leadership or just kind of coming with that dog mentality that the new generation yeah. throws that term out a lot that's mm -hmm. what they're missing I've always felt like it was adults that mm -hmm. this team is missing and just some of somebody who's just I guess just that vocal leadership and who's gonna spark you know the guys up to say hey yeah. You guys yeah. want to sit around here and throw your hands up at referees and complain and do some of these different things. Whoever's ready to play some real ball, come with me because I'm out here to be competitive and try and take down some Goliaths. Like that's something that I felt like this team was missing to be able to see them kind of doing that on tonight. Yeah. where guys were just really amped up and not just yeah. sitting back being nice guys all the time. Like I felt like that was something that's always been needed from this team. Mm -hmm. I don't like the idea sometimes of what it takes as in the, you know, those who are running up and down with the footlocker shirts on to, mm -hmm. you know, bring that out of the team. That's something yeah. that you got to come to the floor with on your own. Mm -hmm. Um, it's unfortunate that it took that, but I'm glad that it did. I just hope that it spills over into yeah. the next game, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like what I saw out of that. I just hope that it finds number 12 somewhere, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Good luck. So, yeah, I think that ultimately you do want them to have that kind of fire that we saw that kind of built up, built up across the game and you want to see it for a full 48. You also want to see it without a technical, like you don't want to see it to be driven by a technical or an ejection. Right. But okay. You got to start the fire somewhere, I guess it's, it's kind of in my mind. I'm like, well, at least you got to start somewhere. Now, Thomas Smith says, if you got slapped across the face, how would you feel about it? Why is Bogey not starting the games? Bad coaching. Trey is trying to stand his ground. Tired of all the bad refs. We get rigged. Okay. He's got a lot there. So keep that comment up if you can, Deshaun, because we got a few things to break down. So first, Thomas says, and thank you for the comment. If you got slapped across the face, how would you feel about it? Okay. I feel some type of way if I got slapped across the face or in the face, was, which I think is what he's alluding to, because you kind of do feel like it's a slap in the face. I know for me, Thomas, when I was in the building last week and you're like, dang, can't get a call in your own building? Like that to me felt like a slap in the face because there were a couple of games, uh, the home games that I went to recently where I was like, that particular call, had it gone in the favor of the Hawks, it really could have swung the pendulum of the game in their favor. They probably could have won. And then he says, why is Bogey not starting the games? Well, Bogey can be a starter at times, but asking Bogey with the way his body kind of breaks down on him at times, his body can be un unforgiving. So you can't expect Bogey to give you 36 minutes every single night like he did tonight. Bogey was just playing out of his mind. Like you said, sometimes it's a little bit of competition between that other guy, that other uh, gentleman from Serbia that's on that other team that gets you amped up. Or sometimes you just have the straight up hot hand like he did last game where we saw like, hey, let Bogey cook, don't take him out. 
But I don't think because of his body and where he is in his career, Thomas, that you can expect him to play starter type minutes on a daily, on a game in game out basis. I don't know. And Deshaun, you might have to speak to this piece. I would have to disagree with the bad coaching piece. And I'm going to talk about that when we broach our next topic. I don't think I saw bad coaching anywhere. And then finally, then Deshaun, I want to hear from you on Thomas's comments. Trey is trying to stand his ground, tired of all the bad refs. We get rigged. No, it's not rigged, but yes, he gets tired. And yes, it is exhausting, but Trey has shown so much maturity this season in being able to pull himself out of those situations, understanding what it could do to this team if he gets in a situation like he did tonight where he got ejected. So I do want him to stand his ground. I just want him to continue to find ways to do it like he has prior to this game. And that's not an indictment on him, by the way. That's a compliment to him saying what we've seen so far in the maturity space for him. I'd like to just see a little bit more. So, Deshaun, what do you think about some of what Thomas shared with us? I don't think I could have said it any better than 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 you have. As far as why Bogey isn't starting games, I think it's pretty clear. You need somebody to come off the bench and provide a scoring punch um, to bring to do what he did on games like tonight where you never know what's going to happen and then you have to kind of plug and play a guy who can mm-hmm. come in and bring the kind of production and contribution especially on yeah. the offensive end that he can Yes. That is what he is in that position for. I think that's yes. another reason behind why you don't see a double O starting as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do credit Trey for a lot of the maturity and just the development on, you know, on, on the court uh, leadership, amongst other things. Defense. We talked about that multiple weeks ago for the last few weeks. So I do credit him on that. Uh, this is the other last little piece from 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 Thomas in which I'm just like, listen, we talk about how you're the how Trey. One of the things that we fall in love with with Trey and, uh-huh. and, and, and this is probably one of the biggest things behind why I did as long as I've been following him is because he is that cerebral player because yeah. he is that very smart player with a high IQ. Um, you know, so I think as high as that IQ is, you know, better than to put yourself and your team in a position and in a situation to where it could become detrimental to the outcome of the game. Again, if you're playing a different team and you're up by 20, totally different conversation, but you have to know better in these. And guess what? It's not a bad thing. That's just part of growing and growth as a basketball player. Uh, I I mean, that's just kind of the side of of things where where I stand on as far as that goes. And uh, I think that he'll learn from it. Uh, And 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 again, you know, the officials sometimes it guess what, whether it's in your home building or not, you're playing up against the defending champs and calls are going to go their way no matter what building that they are in. They've got Mm -hmm. the targets on their backs just as much as anybody else in this league Mm -hmm. this year. So I just think that that's just the way that it goes. That's the way the cookie crumbles. And it's about how you respond to things. Trey has been guilty on many occasions of driving to the basket. Sure, he's smaller than most guys. Getting caught chicken-winging guys all the way to the hoop and amongst just different things with his play. Sometimes uh-huh. it'll work in his favor. Sometimes it is not. So uh, it's it's it's. I'm kind of glad that it happened the way that it did a little bit, to be honest, because it's ultimately going to be uh, a learning lesson for him and knowing how to deal with it going forward. Yeah. And you have to be careful, too, because you don't want those technicals to start building up and then you find yourself suspended. And not that every game isn't isn't critical, but you creating a reputation for yourself. even. Yeah, because 
Now, now that part is on because we have seen that there have been times where Draymond Green did not get the benefit of the doubt and then has been unavailable for his team at a critical juncture. You just don't want that to happen. And so, again, we take nothing away from what we've seen in Trey these other games in the season. We were just kind of calling it out for what it was tonight. And going back to what you said about Bogey, yeah, you absolutely need that weapon off the bench because if you're going to get Garrison Matthews inserted into the starting lineup and he's going to give you three points, Yes, sir. You need Bogey to come there and just be Captain Saber, you know what. And so on that note, one more thing that I wanted to just give a shout out to, because this is the kind of thing that many people, many pundits kind of bash Nate McMillan and on some level before that Lloyd Pierce about what we're seeing some dividends pay off for Quinn Snyder and that is his ability to make in-game adjustments and not be afraid to kind of mix it up in the lineup or go with the hot hand because that was one I was critical of him on last week like Bogey had the hot hand you took him out and there went the game well this time he left Bogey in and he let Bogey cook to the point where Bogey, DJ, Sadiq, Onyeka and Clint were in for pretty much the entirety of the 12th excuse me, the fourth quarter, the 12 minutes. And I feel like that was also part and parcel to what sparked the near comeback for the Hawks. So Deshaun, how important is it that we do continue to see Quinn have the ability to make the commitment to making those types of in-game adjustments when, when you need them? It's very important. And again, the one thing that people have to remember is you have to temper your expectations. And I know we're not going to be able to say this forever and for the right. remainder of the season once it gets past a certain point. But they're still developing and establishing that chemistry amongst one another, still learning what kind of things are going to tick off coach, still learning. Wow, I didn't think coach was going to go. Wow, this has been three straight games that coach has been. He's been on fire. He's going to bat for us. That's going to that's going to spark us a little bit, make us mm -hmm. a little bit tougher. Bring out yes. some of those things that this person, Deshaun Tate, has had concerns about some of the leadership, vocal leadership, amongst other things, guys standing in the gap and saying, no, we're not going for it. We're not just going to be the team that's going to be, you know, a, a stepping stone that you can just run over because it appears that we have a bunch of nice guys on this team. This is going to let you come in here to our house at State Farm Arena and just do anything that you want and punk us mm -hmm. to a degree. Like, I, 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 I think that is part of the adjustment, whatever you have to do to get your team going. And not only that, like you said, putting bogey in, realizing who has the hot hand, knowing your situations, the rotations, it's a different team than it was last year. You got guys on the team this year that there wasn't there last year, guys that weren't there last year that are there this year. And you're working with a very short rotation. I know a lot of people are going to be quick to run and talk about how there's no DeAndre, quick to talk about how there's no, you know, a, a double J and you had a very limited Trey Young. And those are all things that we do know. But even he's learning on the fly how to be able to continue to be you know consistent persistent yes. and just competitive without having guys some of your best players three starters for mm -hmm. some very for a very critical time like think about something people who are listening and and, and i know we up against it. we got to go to the break but when you're without three of your starters going into the fourth quarter against the team who's coming in here reigning defending world champions they've still got all their starters don't forget uh, uh, uh murray ended up coming back from the injury right. that right. transpired in the first quarter they're completely healthy and you're still making a run at this thing you've got to give credit and take your cap off uh to this team and a lot of that is an extension of the coach and just knowing how to go about you know learning how to go about utilizing what he has and doing more with less 
and we're going to see how much he can do more with less and make some more adjustments as this team goes north of the border. We'll talk about that on the other side, but before we get there, we'll talk FanDuel. Ah, early and often in this NFL season, you're probably thinking, hmm, can I make a little bonus? Can I make a little extra dollars, especially going into the holiday uh, holiday season, rather? And you actually can if you do it with FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book that is right now giving new customers $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's 150 bucks if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action, especially because most of us are not going out into the bitter cold of Atlanta. If you're at home and you're looking for something to do that's going to pay dividends, this is the thing for you. Now, this app is user-friendly, very easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So how do you get it? You visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the backside of this NFL season the right way. You got about four or five games left amongst most of the teams, including here locally with the Falcons. You might want to do an over-under whether or not they can come back from the loss just yesterday and actually make a run at the NFC South title. Who knows? That might be one for you. If you want to make that bet or any other over-unders, player props, or spreads, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on because the NFL season is winding down, at least the regular season. And FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. All right, Deshaun. So the inaugural NBA in-season tournament is a wrap. And I will admit, I probably tapped out for a little bit, but I did watch that championship game. It was really good. Lakers beat the Pacers 123 to 109 to earn the NBA Cup this past weekend. But the coolest thing was, of course, they did it on the strength of a 39-year-old Cup MVP in LeBron James with the Lakers roster that was essentially outside, of course, him and outside of Anthony Davis, a roster with players making under four mil, some of whom weren't even drafted, others of whom seem to have been thrown to the trash heap, even by the Hawks, and somehow is finding a resurgence in his career. So how did the association's most high-profile player in LBJ make this tourney a thing for him, make it a priority for the Lakers and help to legitimize it? Because I think it actually ended up turning out to be a good good look for the nba i think it's only fitting that right here where we're talking on locked on that's pretty much what this team was they were locked yeah. in um and they took it serious and they realized yeah. now I don't, I don't know if i want to go as far as what i think i saw pop up on a notification on my phone today talking about hanging a banner for it um and receiving rings or anything like that like the trophy is cool yeah and getting the money yeah. is cool um yeah, but up. nonetheless hey listen the more the merrier listen i mean you're not complaining if you're the champions i think it's only fitting that somebody like lebron james is the recipient of the first uh trophy for this him and his team the los angeles lakers one of the most storied in uh, uh teams in all of any sport uh here in in the united states Mm -hmm. um and then and then also having anthony davis healthy i call him anthony data davis don't take that from me uh to nature but that's why i call him anthony data davis but no having somebody like him um and 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 obviously um you know just 
taking it serious. Like this had very much of an NCAA tournament feel to feel to it, right? You had your, you know, you had your mid-major feel with the Indiana Pacers and whoever that player is out the NCAA tournament that nobody kind of knew his name before. Here comes Tyrese Halliburton with all this scoring and all of these assists, zero turnovers and everything else. I think it's a good feel. Players took it seriously and it felt mm -hmm. like we didn't have to wait until, you know, May and June to get competitive basketball that a lot of people kind of go over their heads and don't pay nearly as much attention to during the regular season. They wait yes. until the playoffs. You didn't have mm -hmm. to do that. You got some very good competitive basketball and you learned a little bit about guys that you probably wouldn't have paid any much attention to before. Yeah, and I think you nailed it. It all started with LeBron James. LeBron James took this seriously. He saw the excitement, the importance, the potential of it and really gave us something to, to look at. And I feel like this Lakers team is showing you we're on mission start to finish. Like, yeah, we recognize that we got swept by the Nuggets. But if anybody watched that series, they would know that was not your typical 4-0 series, like by any stretch of the imagination, because that could have swung the other way, no pun intended, easily in the Lakers' favor a couple different games, right? So I think it was so cool. And yeah. Do we really, other than Deshaun, by the way, guys, but do any of the rest of us in the world talk ball year round or talk ball this much in November or December? The answer would be, but, but we have been, like I said, I think it was Saturday night. I was home intently watching, did not go to sleep until that, until the double zero, because it was that good. Because like you said, Tyrese Halliburton gave us something to take a look at and LeBron James Dude, it's just otherworldly. I'm just going to leave it right there. It just It's exciting. And I think that the Western Conference is about to give us some really something really exciting. The conference finals, watch out for it. But uh, speaking of what to watch out for and what to look for, hopefully, I know we've been saying it a couple games here and the Hawks have been getting close, but the Hawks have an opportunity. They're going up to Toronto for essentially back-to-back -back games. They'll have a Wednesday night matchup with them. And again, on Friday, and this is an opportunity for them to do a couple things, get back into the win column, an opportunity to, for them to get the season series started off right with a win and an opportunity, like you said, for them to start looking at guys who aren't starters because we don't know if you're going to see Dre come back Wednesday or Friday. You certainly know Jalen's not coming back to see, okay, we're going up against another solid team, a team that sometimes gives us fits, but also a team that we can give fits to as well. How do the Hawks get this thing done and finally get back in the win column? Getting out into transition on offense, obviously you got to get starts on defense. Um, but I think it's a matter of just trying to pound the glass the best way possible, obviously controlling what you can um, because that's all you can really do anyway. But because you are short, I don't know how long DeAndre Hunter is expected to be out. Um, but in this situation, you know, you know that, a lot of times that's one of that's a raucous crowd up there. You know, you know that they're going to come and show up and show out and you know that they're going to be loud and excited and everything else because that's what they do up there. Mm -hmm. um, so you just got to kind of keep it together because it's going to be Guess what? If train used to it by now, guess what? You're on your way to Toronto. There's going to be times where you're just not going to get those calls up there either. Yeah. Um, going up against a very much improved OG Ananobi. I think I've also seen some reports on earlier today or yesterday 
Hawks may be still looking at Pascal Siakam. Mm -hmm. We're going to see Siakam in this particular matchup as well. So getting a little bit of a feel, looking for some different things from him. Scotty Barnes is maybe the only untouchable player on that particular roster. Uh, Finding a way to kind of slow him down. Hopefully DeAndre plays so we can put a little bit of length and somewhat athleticism on him to kind of slow him down a little bit. So I think it's going to be interesting, but just control what you can. Play defense. There are very, very very long team um so you definitely just want to be careful about ball handling amongst other things because with you know lengthy teams and and rosters like that can tend to propose a problem especially from a turnover standpoint indeed it'll be interesting to see because you're talking about two teams who are pretty evenly matched as far as records hawks 9 and 13 Toronto 9 and 14. So we'll see if one of these teams can actually break through and get themselves back into the win column. But listen, we appreciate you guys for stopping by the Locked on Hawks postcast, your home for the best Hawks talk. And remember to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And for more on the Hawks, make sure you check out Locked on Hawks tomorrow with our guy, Brad Rowland. We'll see you next time.